So uh, it is good to be back with you. I, we were out some uh, this summer. I worked all summer, but I didn't preach in all of July, and that was planned, and we had vacation. And then last week, Jenny and I both had COVID. Yay! Uh, I, I heard that uh, the second time you get COVID in six months, it makes you better looking. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of disappointment to go around. Uh, but uh, we're back. We're healthy. Things are, things are good. Uh, and uh, I've also had the chance this summer to do something I never do, which you guys do all the time and I never get to, and that is to listen to sermons. And that may sound strange to you, but for me, it's actually a pretty unique opportunity. And we've talked about some things this summer that I've personally found really interesting. I hope you have too, because we've t- I think it's a sermon series that I've never heard before. Uh, in fact, what we've, t- what we've really just been talking about, if you think about it, in this series called Press Play, is everyday life, just the normal stuff. And some things that we kind of thought maybe were just add-ons or just not so important, uh, we brought to the center and we've talked about them. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard a sermon about humor before this summer, I certainly had not. And yet there is, that's like a central part of our, it's not a peripheral thing, it's a, it's a really important part of our lives and our spiritual lives. And that's been the, whole, the formula all summer long. Things that we didn't necessarily think were that important or holy, or in fact are. Uh, our, our time and our relationships and our hobbies and, and the way we tell stories, just regular life. Well, there's a name for all that. And today I want to kind of wrap all of that up and kind of point out maybe the most obvious thing about all of it that maybe you haven't considered. And that that all happens in, uh, in regular life, in what we would call a sacramental life. There's a way of telling the story in which we take regular water and it becomes a sign of God's healing and redemption, a symbol of how Jesus died and then was raised to life, and then how we are brought into that same story. It's a sacramental way of looking at the world. There's a way of telling the story in which regular bread and regular juice becomes the story of redemption of a Savior who gave his body and his blood. And there's a way in which regular life in every sense becomes that. All our little stuff gets drawn up into this story of redemption. There's nothing outside of that story in your life including the leisure part of life and the the playful side. That's not peripheral, that's central. And all of that regular life stuff, uh, and in fact, uh, the, the message paraphrase of Romans 12 says, take your regular everyday walking around eating and drinking life and offer that to God. All of that happens uh, in your life in a very obvious way. It's something you may not have thought about and it's another thing that probably you haven't heard a sermon about. That's where we're gonna end the series today. Uh, something that is actually right in front of your nose. In fact, it includes your nose. That all of this that we're talking about is life in human bodies. And yet, I'm not, I'm not sure I've ever heard a sermon from that angle. And so that's, that's how we're going to tie up the whole series today. We're going to think about how all of life happening in our bodies is the place where we encounter God. Uh, and, and so let me say what I'm not talking about here for a second. We're not talking about the glorification of, of bodies, right? We're not talking about what the culture does, the media does, uh, the way we objectify or the way we exploit the human body for our own purposes. That's not, not what I mean. And we're not talking about life uh, sort of like 
you know, the ideal human existence, right? Like some of us feel like we have the perfect look or the perfect body. Some of us get up from chairs and our knees don't make noises yet. I'm not one of those people. But you know, like we have this idea of the ideal. That's not, I'm talking about regular, regular folks, regular bodies, and including the way in which our bodies break down over time. This is part of the story that we, uh, none of us has the ideal and eventually stuff stops working, doesn't it, right? And it st- starts making noises and then we, start, we spend some time talking to each other about how our bodies don't work and we can fixate there. And eventually our bodies do break down and we, 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 we die. And um, we will all in some sense at some point probably feel like these bodies have betrayed us in some way. And we can, we can acknowledge that. Well, in fact, we can acknowledge that there's an awkwardness to being human, to living in this. It's just awkward sometimes, isn't it? And we've spent the last couple years just having that kind of put right in our face. We couldn't see each other's face because we had a mask on in the midst of a lot of it. But there's an awkwardness that we don't always know how to navigate in life. And it's interesting, isn't it, that a little bitty virus can make us deal with our humanness. It's just, it's just part of being human. And so I love how Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, we have uh, all of this is, is actually this beautiful treasure of God's presence and the ministry of Jesus, the life of Jesus. This beautiful treasure is, is contained in us, cracked pots. Would you turn to somebody and say, I'm a cracked pot? Go ahead. It's all right. It'll be awkward, but that's the point. Cracked pots made of earth and clay, jars of clay, so that the transcendent character of this power, do you hear how lofty that is? This transcendent character of this power will be clearly seen as coming from God and not from us. Our human weakness, our awkwardness, our humanness, our very ordinary bodies become the very place that reveal God's godness. And so we're walking paradoxes in that sense. We're cracked and chipped from our afflictions on all sides, but we're not crushed by them. We're bewildered at times, but we don't give up in to despair. And I wonder how many of us have felt that way and wanted to give in to despair in the last few years. We are, we are persecuted, but we've not been abandoned. We have been knocked down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the reality of the brutal death and suffering of Jesus. And as a result, his resurrection life rises and reveals its wondrous powers in our bodies as well. Today, I want to kind of close this press play series up with this vision that your very ordinary body becomes the place where the treasure that is Jesus is revealed. And to, to help us see that the scriptures talk about this a lot, actually, and give us some steps out of it. The scriptures talk about this a great deal, this treasure that we carry around in our bodies. But here's my guess. Growing up, I grew up in church, and if you did too, um, I heard a lot of sermons back in the day when I listened to sermons pretty regularly. Um, I don't know that I ever heard a sermon about this. I don't know that I ever heard a sermon about how our bodies are part and parcel of this thing. And never a sermon that included anything about exercise, Never a sermon that talked about leisure or rest or renewal. Never a sermon about health, though a good part of the life of, 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 of a parish is geared toward this. Like, we deal with health and health issues all the time. Never a sermon on the sacredness of our everyday activities. Never a sermon on spiritual practices that tie our bodies and our minds and our spirits all together. And we could go 
on and on. That was all sort of regulated to something else. And whether that was a, a different, you know, like in the hospital or in the gym or in some new age religion, it just didn't fit into the, the Christianity that I was taught. In fact, I think the opposite is true, that I was taught without maybe even recognizing it, it that, that our bodies were just all bad. And that might be an overstatement, but let me hang with me because I think some of us had this experience. And really out of a, a bad interpretation of scripture, I think, the way Paul talks about flesh, sarks in Greek, uh, was put in the context of all of that, all of our bodily existence was bad. And then you're talking about heaven, so earthly things are temporary and heavenly things are permanent, so let's not worry about all of this earthly stuff. Let's go to a higher plane and talk about spiritual things, that our bodies are temporary and that we shouldn't worry about them. We just didn't have much, in my opinion, of a positive vision about what to do with this thing that I was given, this, this very human body. Now, here's the main problem I see about that. Do you want to guess what it is? Well, it's Jesus, right? And he's kind of a big deal to us, right? And the story that we tell is not of God sort of transcending and leaving human existence and rising above all the fray of earth. It's not the story at all, is it? The story we tell is of God coming in the form of a human. John says, the word became flesh, flesh and lived among us. Colossians talks about how God was pleased for all of his fullness to dwell in him. It's not a story that disconnects us from a body. It's just the opposite. Jesus is God in a human body. The entire Christian story, the whole thing hinges on God coming to us in human form, in a human body to redeem embodied humanity. The word became flesh and lived among us. And so the Christian story isn't about glorification of our bodies, but it's also not about the rejection of them anyway. It's about something else. It's claiming and redeeming this thing that you've been given. It's, fine. it's having a body and knowing what to do with it. So here's, uh, here's what we read from 1 Corinthians 6, how Paul tells us how to do it. Don't you know that your bodies are part of Christ's body? Do you hear the positive vision in that? Don't you know that your, your bodies are part of Christ's body? Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, my mom liked that scripture, and she used it to tell us that's why I couldn't ever get a tattoo, by the way. She said it was defacing the temple. It was like taking a spray can and putting graffiti on, on the temple. At one point, I asked her, could it just be called a stained glass window? And she didn't like that <laughs> at all. I'm not advocating one way or the other, friends, for, for the tattoo. Uh, my mom did get a tattoo, another, uh, by the way, and that's another story, and I'm sure she'll be so glad I told you that. But um, <laughs> where was I? Okay, the, uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't you know it's just a positive vision of the Spirit of God living in you. It's this treasure in jars of clay, and, it's, and you have this from God. You're not your own. You were bought with a price, and you, you don't buy something that isn't valuable, do you? You, your body and all of that comes with your existence was bought with the price. Of course, we're talking about Jesus here. And so as the result, this is what we do. So glorify God with your body. We're not talking about the glorification of our bodies. We're talking about glorifying God with this walking around every day, eating and drinking everyday life. 
And so our call is to glorify God with our bodies. So then naturally, the question that we wrap this thing up with is how do we do that? How do you glorify God with your body? I don't want to tell you just two things today. The first is, uh, is really to think, take seriously uh, bodily existence, to actually to build your rhythms around being human. And this summer, we've, we've been talking about that very thing, the rhythms of life. And there's a reason we've been talking about it, because it's been very hard to have any sort of rhythm for some time now, right? The conversation I have every day with people is, we kind of thought we would be doing this thing, and it was some positive, like, hey, move on, hey, good stuff's happening. We thought we'd be doing this, we get into a rhythm. I hear that almost every day. I just, show of hands, how many of you feel like you've gotten into a rhythm? A few, yeah. How many of you feel like it's hard to get into a rhythm right now? Yeah, a lot of us, and I feel like that's, the, that's where we're living right now. We need to build our rhythms around this very thing, taking care of our bodies. And we've kind of had to do that and keeping people healthy and, and all the things with the pandemic. But that's just a sign of the, of the bigger thing and that it's okay to do this. I think you need to hear, spiritually speaking, it's okay to build your life around some very ordinary human stuff and that it's, it's not unspiritual to do that. Let me tell you my, my sense of this. So... Uh, I grew up on a farm, and so taking, um, being active and those kinds of things, it wasn't, it was just a given, right? It wasn't something I had to be intentional about. I remember running all over the farm barefoot um, pretty much growing up. I remember um, actually when I was in middle school, we had cross-country practice, and I had had missed some practices because I was working on the farm. So uh, it was about a month in, and I went to cross-country practice, and the first day they ran that I was there, um, they had worked up to six miles. And so I went from running nothing to running, I ran six miles that day. Now, I was pretty sore uh, the next day, but, but I did it because that's just, that we were just naturally active. And I hurt my knee uh, running a few years later and spent the entire summer on crutches working 220 acres, just going around the, the place with, with crutches. It was just a given that we were active. And then I went to college and I wasn't an athlete anymore, and I, and I hit the books, and then I started working, and then I went to seminary and did a three, I crammed three years of, of graduate school into three and a half, and, um, <laughs> and just focused. And not only did I focus, but I focused on very spiritual things, right? And I graduated seminary about as unhealthy physically as I've ever been in my life. 30 or 40 pounds overweight and didn't have a daily rhythm that included exercise or eating well. There wasn't space for that because I was too busy and too focused and too honed in and a very specific thing. And for me, that was intended to be a very spiritual thing. But I had to learn how to reset my rhythms and I had to figure out what to eat. I mean, I could tell you um, I could tell you about eschatology, but I didn't know carbs were bad. I could, you know, it was like, it's unbalanced, right? I could talk about very, very spiritual things, but I didn't have a daily rhythm of exercise. So after seminaries, when I had to figure all that out, I had to work it, work it into my daily life, and I had, I had to figure out what that meant, and I started running again, and then I injured myself and got into spin class. Uh, my kids thought spin class was like turning in circles round and round when they were little. Uh, but spin class is just, you know, it's just exercise bikes, right? Uh, but started doing that four or five times a week and then started teaching spin. And so spent the better part of 10 years, uh, pandemic sort of 
is a pause in that, but uh, doing spin class. And I learned some things and had, had a lot to learn in that and still do. But the point of all that is, though, is I had to figure out that it was spiritual to build my life around daily rhythms that had to do with things that didn't seem so spiritual. And we all do this, like three meals a day. How many of you eat three meals a day? I eat four sometimes, sometimes more. But, you know, that, that, there's a daily rhythm to that, and we need to, it's actually important for us to build that rhythm and then to build other rhythms around it. Like, that's why we often pray at meals, right? It's okay to put the two together, and that's the whole point. And, uh, and so a daily rhythm of exercise and drinking water and eating well, all of that, those are spiritual things. And we can't ignore that. What happens when we ignore that part of our lives? Our bodies start to tell us. First they whisper, and then they speak louder, and then they start to yell. And at some point, we can't ignore them anymore. The pandemic was hard on our rhythms, and I'm probably not the only one who feels like, in those health terms, our health, my health rhythms have been hard to sustain. And so what is your body telling you right now? That's, a, that's an important question to ask. In spin class, by the way, I learned two things that I think translate to all of life and are important for right now. Two things that you need to look at. Um, num number one is what's going on in your body. You gotta listen to your body. What spin class does, and you're not spinning around in circles till you get dizzy, you're on a bike and it's intended to be a high intensity workout and it stresses your body. And the first thing that happens when your body gets stressed and you get tired is that form breaks down and tension starts to build in your body. Now, stress does that in every way, right? So if you're stressed out in life, this is probably going on. So what we do in spin class, one of the, the most, I mean, I'll reset people's form and we'll kind of do a form check, but the most basic form of that is something we're gonna do right now. I want you to take your, your shoulders and take them up to the, your ears. Just hold that tension for just a second and then just let it go. You, we need to do that every day. You are carrying tension in your body that stress, uh, stresses you. You need to do that every day. And, and it's an example of, uh, of a lot of things, actually. The other thing that we, we focus on in spin class is breathing. And you know, it, it's easy to hyperventilate and pass out on a bicycle if you're not careful, right? If you're breathing too fast. You have to, you have to control your breathing, and that translates to all of life, too. One of the most basic things you can do when you're stressed is, is be aware of your breathing. Now, here's the thing. You've been doing it the whole time you were here. Most of you have been breathing the whole time you've been here, but you, you probably weren't aware of it. Becoming aware of your breathing, slowing it down, taking a deep breath can be a very spiritual thing. So in spin class, you know, it's, it's about breathing in slowly through your nose and breathing out through your mouth. But, I, you know, I wake up uh, every morning, my devotion begins with this prayer. Uh, uh, God, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses on the presence of God. And there's a way in which all of us need to be doing that all of the time. It is not side, uh, sidebar to our spiritual lives. It is part and parcel to it. And that's what we've been saying all summer. Taking a deep breath, leisure, play, fun, enjoyment, those are not sidebars. They're so essential to our lives. Right now, everybody needs to let their shoulders drop and everyone needs to take a deep breath again. And we're not really gonna be able to move forward until we do. 
The other thing uh, that I'll offer is this, that we need to offer our bodies to God. It seems like the most basic thing. This is straight out of Romans 12 again. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of the whole story and God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And that's really what it means to worship is how you would translate that. That's really what a, a life with God looks like is just offering up your everyday life, your, your very body to God. Said another way, faith is something that happens not just in your head. It happens in your body. It happens as you live this thing out, not just in what you think you believe, but how those beliefs get embodied. Does that make sense? Like we, we think faith is a set of doctrines and you believe this and you say this right thing, you assent to this and you got it right. And that is not true. What it really is, is taking this sense of God's work in our lives and pulling it out of our heads and putting two feet on the ground and two hands out into the world and living it out. We say this another way, that you can't just talk the talk. You gotta, maybe we don't say this. <laughs> can't just talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk. That's, that's a way of saying you got to embody this somehow. And so here's, here's where we close today. I think it's really important for us, especially now, having been through what we've been through, to embody something to put two feet on the ground, two hands out in love and service to the world and be about something, to get it deep in our bones. What I've been saying is it's a, it's a time when it's really easy to be against anything. But it's really hard to be for something right now. And I think it's the prophetic witness of the church and a living out of our faith in Jesus that we together are going to be about something. We're gonna be talking about and focusing on a positive vision for the world, that we would be a contagious community of hospitality is the way we say it, where every person is welcomed into a family of faith and uh, a, a life-giving community of growth where hurts are healed and faith is restored and people come fully alive to be a selfless community of action that extends hope to our community and to our world. And we're gonna figure out how to do that now. We've been through some stuff, friends, haven't we? both individually and as a church. We've been through some stuff. Broadway on the other side of the pandemic is gonna be a very different church than the one that we went into the pandemic with. And that has taken a lot of adjustment for me and for a lot of us. But we are in a time now that I think is pretty exciting because it is, I think, time for us to figure out what we're about now, what the world needs now. And this fall, we're gonna do that in some intentional ways, beginning today and then from here on out, you're gonna be hearing about that. One of the things we're gonna do is engage every person in the congregation who wants to give input, and you're gonna have the chance to speak into our life together. We're gonna to use a tool for that. It's called a congregational assessment tool. And you will have the chance to give input, and we're gonna collect all of that and say, here's what we heard, and then dream together about what to do about it, what to do with it. Uh, we're also going to get around tables and in small groups together this fall. And uh, we do this every 10 or 20 years. This is one of those moments for us, I think. And we're going to, especially the two weeks before and after fall break, we're going to be intentionally asking, where is God leading us? Where should we focus? Where, what are we going to embody? What are we going to do and be moving forward? The third thing we're going to do is we're going to engage our community with some intentional listening and try to get a sense of what in the world is going on now in our world. And then how should we as a church respond to those needs and hurts 
and opportunities. Now is a time for us to be about something, and we're going to be about it together, and I want to invite you into that as we uh, move forward, and um, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the weeks ahead. Weeks ahead. Uh, but ultimately, we, uh, we honor God with our bodies. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices. We do this in community. We do this in our life together. And as we connect to one another, as we sit around tables and as we tell our stories, as we um, do just regular life together. This week we had a gathering with some new folks and we went around the table and everybody said how they got to Broadway and there was a lady that told us some, some really powerful things about her story and after it was over she said, I've never shared it that way before. I've never told the whole story before. Uh, there are opportunities now for us to connect through our cracked clay pots, the awkwardness of being human and seeing God's glory in that. And in our just regular life together as a church. So one of the things that we like to do this particular Sunday is celebrate, and we have a little compilation video of some stuff that happened this summer uh, that shows just a, a piece of the way that we have been having fun and connecting to one another, offering ourselves to God and pressing play. Let's watch. me to step in that evening uh, when we were going to be telling the Bible story of Peter walking on water with Jesus. So I come in, I had a nice cardboard sign. She called me up. I, I came up there on the stage and we reenacted that great Bible story of Peter walking towards Jesus, losing his sight, sinking, and then realizing that he needed to keep his faith and his eyes on Jesus, just like we all do. I've heard since that it has had great reviews, Oscar buzz, actually, and uh, now everybody around the Kids Zone corner calls me Peter. Welcome back to the uh, Stuff the Bus Live event here at Crossroads IGA on Scotts Road. I'm Chad Hunt. I'm a board member with Stuff the Bus and also a member of Broadway United Methodist Church. And we have Megan Johnston with us, also from on staff with Broadway United Methodist Church. I decided that our families needed to participate in bringing in school supplies to support Stuff the Bus. And so I came up with this idea that we should do a scavenger hunt.
Well, I hope you've had a great summer, and I hope you've sensed God, and you've taken a deep breath, and your shoulders have dropped. And uh, as the band comes forward, as we close up, uh, let me just say one more thing that's pretty obvious. One of the things that we do with these very human bodies is worship. Like, in, 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 in our actions and in our words, in our songs, we offer ourselves back to God. And uh, so we end here. In fact, you know, most of the root words for prayer have something to do not just with what's going on in our heads, but in our bodies. There's something to do with bowing down. Uh, prayer is, and worship is something that is, is about all of us. And so we, today we pause to be still and to breathe slowly and to recenter our scattered senses on the presence of God and to drop our shoulders and take a deep breath. And that's where we end today. So as our band prepares to lead us, let's pray together. And I'm going to pray a blessing over you to wrap up our summer and to offer hope for the path forward in God's presence with us. May this day bring Sabbath rest to your heart and to your home. May God's image in you be restored and your imagination in God be restored. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May you know grace to embrace your own infinite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed you and his spirit lead you into the week and into the life to come.